Great to see you guys today. Thank you so much for being here. We have a super special guest in the house today, and that is Derek Carr. Derek is not only um, an amazing football player, quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, but uh, a tremendous dad and human being, and you're going to hear his heart and his character today. But we are so honored to have him here. He doesn't have to be here. There's a million places he and his family could be. And so I want to ask you to give a huge, warm, central, heartfelt welcome on your feet for Derek Carr from the Las Vegas Raiders! Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah! This guy's fired up down here. I told him, I told him that I loved him. Yes. <laughs> you, need, you need to introduce yeah. me for our football games. That yeah, was good. yeah, 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 that's right. That was good. That's right. Uh, hey, welcome, Derek. It's so good to have you here with us. And uh, man, I, I know you and your family moved here a few years ago. It's been a heck of a ride the last uh, the last couple years. How you doing? No. <laughs> yeah. How how are things? You know what? Everything is great, man. You know, uh, the last two places in the world I thought I lived was Oakland and Las Vegas. But praise God, <laughs> that is where he took my beautiful family and I. <laughs> Uh, but when, when my wife and I moved here, it just felt like home, you know, and we've talked about it many times, like we could live here the rest of our life. And that's a credit to y'all in this community, just making us feel welcome. Yeah, I love that. And come on, how many of you thought you'd live anywhere but this area right here? Go ahead. Let's see the hands. Come on. God has a sense of humor. Yes. I remember when I first tried to convince my wife, like, I'm talking to this church in, in Henderson, and, and it's in Nevada, and, and, and she, Nevada, you know, and, uh, and, and she said, like, well, you know, how far is that from Las Vegas? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, I'm, you know, I mean, you know, well, yeah, yeah. you know, I didn't tell her you could see the strip from your backyard, you know, I was like, hey, it's, it's cool, but anyway, so good to have you here. Uh, your amazing wife, Heather, is here, and yes. you have four yes. uh, beautiful kids. Yes. Tell us a little about your family. Yep, that's my wife, Heather, right here. She is the rock of our whole household. And we got Dallas, who's eight, Decker's five, Deacon, who's two, and little Miss Brooklyn, who talks too much. She's one. She went in the back, so. <laughs> I, I was saying, like, just getting, when you have that many little kids, just getting them to church is like climbing Mount Everest, Thank right? You, Lord. you know? Yes. And, and, and then trying to navigate through a church. That's commitment, y'all. Yeah. yeah. That's commitment. Yes. Yeah, so. yeah, you're exactly right about that. Yeah, so, well. That's a great, beautiful family, and we are so thankful you're here. It has been a crazy year for you. I can only imagine. Yeah. You know, I, I've said this all season long to people, like, watching the football season from the outside, you, it seemed like you guys just went through so many trials, yeah. so many um, difficult situations, and you led with such character and resilience and perseverance. Um, it was pretty remarkable to watch, and uh, I just respect your integrity, your character, the way you led through all of this. What was that roller coaster like well, for you? Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, it was a roller coaster, you know, <laughs> of emotions. And, you know, when I'm so close with Coach Gruden, and when that thing happened, and he's gone, and then obviously we had tragedy where a life was lost with one of our players. and. Uh, you know, after, after a mistake that he made and things like that, and he's gone the next week, and then our corner's gone, and then my offensive line's all hurt, my, my number one target's hurt, my running back gets hurt, and I'm like, Lord, what, that, what other the than heck? That, it's a normal year. <laughs> other than that, it seemed pretty normal, you know, but, you know, I, 
you know, we're human too, you know, but we don't get the opportunity to really deal with those emotions because six, six days from all of these things happening each time, they're going to, I'm going to stand up, stand up and they're going to ask me what happened in the game. Like they don't care about that. You know, I have a job to do. And the only way that I made it was the foundation that I have in Christ because if I, yeah, amen, I would. The one thing that, one thing I took away is that one thing that I believed before this year and now I know to be true is that his foundation does not move. And while, while the rains came and the wind came and all this kind of stuff was coming after our team, my foundation, I had peace. I had joy every day. I had an excitement to go to work. I watched God take a team and unify us so close together. And in 50 or 60 years in the whole NFL, no team has ever had a new coach come in and make it to the playoffs. And we did that, you know, and that's a, that's a credit to a group of men, whether we agreed on everything or not. It's funny how that works out in the world. If you don't agree or whatnot, but we still came together for one common goal to accomplish. And we didn't get our ultimate goal, but to see what we did this year for our city was really impressive. Yeah, it was amazing to watch from the outside looking in too and cheering you guys on. Uh, you showed remarkable leadership through all of that. And you talk about the ups and downs. Uh, not only was that true, I know, for you guys in your season, but I think we all know that experience. The last two years has felt like a roller coaster for people, right? Like there's so many ups and downs. And it's unsettling, you know, if you watch the news, if you're breathing this week and you see Russia invade Ukraine and you know, this kind of battle in Europe and this invasion of a country for the first time since World War II, and it's just more uncertainty. What does the future hold? What's that going to mean? This is really not just football. This is life, right, y'all? I mean, this is what we all go through. Talk about how your faith helped ground you through all of those kinds of ups and downs. Well, one thing, one thing that I was taught at a young age is, you know, when, when someone asks you a question, who are you? It, it, usually we answer with our name or we answer with what we do for a living. And what I do for a living is not who I am. You know, I think that so many times we, we hang our hat on, I'm just a quarterback or I, I, I'm a teacher or I'm this or I'm that. Well, before all of that, you were loved. Before all that, you were accepted. The head, not the tail. Victor, not victim. And, and when that's our foundation, when we know who we are, it really doesn't matter what comes at us. It really doesn't matter because you have this almost irrational peace that no one can understand except you or someone who has been through the similar scenarios. You know, when, when my wife and I, you know, first had our first child, Dallas, who he's here and he's eight and he's strong and he's awesome and, uh, and all those good things. When we first had him, he was laying on an operating table and doctors are saying, well, he might not make it. And my, I mean, my wife is asking me, is he going to make it? Is our son going to make it? And I, I have to look at her and say... You know, even if he doesn't, we're going to serve the Lord. Even if he doesn't, God is good. Even if he doesn't, I'm going to love the Lord. And, and to him, that's not going to make sense until he's a little older, you know, and I'm going to have to tell him why that makes sense. You know, it's not going to make sense to people outside of Christianity or who believe in God for everything. But whenever you have a foundation of who you are, no matter what comes, if I'm going to be who I say I'm going to be, I've, I've got to hold on to that. I've got to literally stand on the word of God, you know, uh, through these trying times. And, and that's what we've done as a family. That's just the decision that we made is, you know, we're going to be a family that stands on who we are, not just what we do. Yeah, that's such a great word. You know, and that's a good word for all of us, for everywhere. 
you know, in life because you, you aren't what you do and you aren't simply your success and you aren't simply your accomplishments. And as a person of faith, you realized you're loved by God, you're forgiven in Jesus Christ, you're empowered by his spirit, you have gifts, you're chosen, you're his person, and that comes before anything else that happens in your life and it, it really does ground you. And I see that, I see that in you in a powerful way. So where did all this start for you? How did you become a, like a follower of Jesus? Where did yeah. that journey begin? Well, you know, I, I am in a family of pastors, missionaries, you know, you, you name it, that's, they're in my family, you know, and I grew up in a Pentecostal assemblies of God, people talking weird languages and all that kind of stuff, you know, uh, but that's normal to me, just so y'all know, like that, I grew up and, and, and I watched the people that I love the most with the most integrity, you know, live a certain way and, and, and pray and, and believe for things in a certain way, and that's how I grew up. So I never forget, any of y'all been in a revival? Anybody? A real one? Like, you know what I'm talking about? All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm believing that all these hands are going to be raised at some point. And I was in a revival at our church, and I was uh, four or five, six years old, right around that time, and I was sitting over here in the section over here on this side of the stage, and this was like the seventh day in a row of church. And uh, so I'm playing with my wrestlers, Bret Hart and The Rock and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, Come on. Oh yeah, and I'm sitting over there and I'm playing and, and all of a sudden I just, my heart starts to beat out of its chest. And you know, my mom's leading worship and who knows where my dad is, he's praying for somebody, you know, and I'm looking around, I'm by myself playing, you know. But I felt the call of the Lord on my heart and I stood up and I turned around as a little boy and I looked up and I, I just knew, and no one told me, no one asked, I just knew I needed to walk down there. So here comes this little kid walking all the way down the aisle and I walked there and I stood there and as I got to the, to the altar, I began to weep. And, and this man asked me, he says, do you want Jesus in your life? I said, more than anything. And I knew in that moment, and that's a, that's a moment for me that never left me. Was I perfect after that? Absolutely not, ask my wife, you know. I was, <laughs> no, you know. Uh, but I had another moment where when I got to college, you know, see, I, I started going crazy, sleeping here and doing this and smoking that and partying and all this kind of stuff, being completely selfish, you know, and I'm very transparent if you can't tell, you know, I, I just, I do it so I think it's going to help somebody. But I, I was doing these things and, and she was a friend at the time. She wrote me this like 28 page letter. She's probably laughing. It was like three pages, but I, you know, when girls get Felt mad, like 28, they, right? they just keep... <laughs> Next, you know, I got a lot to say, you know. <laughs> but I remember uh, I was so angry. I didn't, something in me just didn't want to read it. But I remember grabbing it. And I knew the Lord was saying, you need to read this. And all I remember, it says, you're not the person I thought you were. And, and, and that moment, God dropped me down to my knees. And I laid on the ground and I began to sob. And, because I knew, I knew it was time. And, and when you train a child in the ways of the Lord, well, as they grow old, they won't stray away from it. And I knew... I had a mom, a grandma, aunts, uncles, a dad, brother. I had people praying for me, and those prayers are heard. You know what I'm saying? And I was raised in the church, as I, as I had told you before, and it was that moment God got my heart, and I said, I'll give you, I, I give you everything, not just one little bit, not just this. I was doing crazy stuff and then saying, Lord, forgive me. Okay, I made it. You know, like, like I, okay, Saturday night. Okay, I, it's 1, 1 a.m. Okay, forgive me. I made it. All right. I'll go to church tomorrow. Yeah, let me text my mom. Is she still here? Okay. The rapture didn't come. Okay. I'm good. You know, <laughs> but that's kind of how I was living on the fence, lukewarm. And the Bible says, if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of my mouth. And he gripped my heart with that. And now, man, I've been on fire ever since. Yeah. 
You know, you, you see that. The thing that I, I have heard about you, Derek, for years is that, especially from other faith leaders in the country, is people will say this, Derek's the real deal. Hmm. He's the real deal. And that's about the highest compliment you can get from pastors who are just saying like, this guy really loves the Lord, he and his family. None of us are perfect, right? You may be perfect, but I'm so far from perfect, it's not even funny, right? So, so but you know, like, but even in that, there's, there's a heart, and, and I, tell, I could tell from the first moment I met you that, that you're a servant-oriented person, that, that you're about serving other people, which I think is, is really Jesus' method of leadership. And I think, you, I think that comes out in how you lead the team yeah. in the locker room. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, thank you. you know, and, and one thing, I got to brag on y'all's pastor here for a second. Y'all know y'all got a great pastor. Man, oh, man. So, amen. That's right. You, you, you treat them well, they, you know, they're cheering for you. <laughs> uh, you know, but you guys have a great pastor here. You know, I, you know we, 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 when we moved here, I'm actually like some in a weird way, like kind of related to Pastor Benny, you know, like in this weird, my cousin, his sister got married and it's crazy, right? And my grandma's like, you should try it out. So we went there, you know, and that's where we've made home and all these kind of stuff. And then we're having this conference and all. And there was no hesitation. You were like, there's no walls. It's not competition. Like, it's none of that. Like, the body of Christ just coming together. And, and your leadership was a blessing to me because it showed me there are people out there that believe the way that I do. That, yeah, you know, our church may be on this side of town and theirs may be over there. And all, but, but we're just here to serve Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Know? And for me, sure. as a leader... I see people from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life, and they're not all believers, obviously, you know, but, but the same kind of thing is my heart is, how do I get all of these people, how do we get all come together and go for one common mission? And you gotta let them know that you love them. You gotta let them know that you care about them. You, got, you, gotta, you gotta correct them, you know? You know there's a part of, uh, of leadership where, you know, the, the Bible talks about, you know, the, the rod and the staff, they comfort me. Well, the rod isn't just used to, you know, guide you. It kinda hurts sometimes, you know what I mean? So, sometimes the, yeah. <laughs> sometimes it doesn't feel too good. And That's if right. you're from Texas, you know what I'm talking about with those wooden spoons, like we know, you know? <laughs> The but, ping pong paddle with the little ball oh, on it. Anyway, I'm, let's yes, keep going. Uh, man, but, different, but yes. Different era. But yeah, I'm just, my leadership has just stemmed from my faith. I'm not, I'm not a different person at the house and in the locker room. I don't talk different. I don't, I, I'm one person. That just, that helps me because I'm not the brightest tool in the shed. So I don't have to have a good memory. I'm just going to be the same person all the time. You know what I mean? So I don't have to, you know, remember what, what did I tell them or what did I tell them? So thank you. No, that's. That's super powerful. And I know part of your heart is to um, really give the city of Las Vegas, the, the men of Las Vegas, a gift. And there's an amazing opportunity coming up uh, April 8th and 9th in yeah. the Altar Men's Conference. Tell us a little bit about that and, and that vision. Oh, yeah. And, and again, you have helped so much with all of this. So thank you. You know, I've been here literally all weekend, Friday afternoon, Friday morning, Saturday night, you know, or Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. And I've been here this morning, so thank you for everything you've done to help us in the conference and believing. But, you know, the, our, my heart, I went to a men's conference in Michigan. Who knows where in Michigan? I don't know. Some town flagship place. I don't know. And there was white stuff on the ground. I'm from Houston and Fresno. I don't know what was going on. They're like, careful on the sidewalks. It's icy. I was like, why are your sidewalks frozen? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Um, That's how we all feel when we're like, hey. <laughs> It does not make sense. And, and so, you know, I, I go out there and I, I remember it was like about 500 to, I not go with numbers, five, maybe a thousand men. 
And when worship started, it was men reading words off a screen. You know, it was, you know, men there because their wife made them go. You know, I need a weekend away. You know, go, go to this conference, you know. And, and maybe they were in there just to stay warm. God bless them. I don't know. It was cold in that place. But I watched them. But I, I, I like to observe, you know, I, I like to kind of stand back and I like to feel God's heart for people. And uh, I just knew something was about to shift. I knew something was about to change. And as the weekend went on, when worship would start, these men would begin to sprint. I'm not kidding you. They would run to the altar sobbing, crying out for their wife, crying out for their marriage, crying out for their children. And God spoke to me. He said, this needs to come home. And at the time, we lived in the Bay Area. And I was like, you want to take this to the Bay? <laughs> I was like, this is going to be tough. You know <laughs> and, uh, and, and what he meant was home was where I was born. It was Fresno. And uh, of all places, if anyone's been to Fresno, God bless you. You probably lost a couple days off your life because of the dust, but, uh, you know, he called us to Fresno and we did this amazing thing and God brought 15,000 people, sold this place out. Everyone said, just start small. You know, the right thing to do for the first, started a little church. I'm sure you can get a hundred Raider fans to show up, you know, and all those things. But when God gives you something in your heart, he gives you a dream and you can see it. Man, you go with it. And he told me to go to the Save Mart Center. So we went to the Save Mart Center and he filled it up. And I'm believing for the exact same thing here in Las Vegas. When I, when I know God has given me a word, when I know and it aligns with his written word and I know it's from him, man, I'm going after it. And he told me to go to Las Vegas. And so, one, I want to bless the pastors that have been plowing this ground, that have been plowing this field, that have been working and cultivating and creating a culture of, uh, of an army of believers that run after Jesus like you have for many years. And here, I, you know, I'm just coming in just to give, I know what the Lord is going to do. He's going to restore marriages. He's going to bring families back together. He's going to bring children back home. He's going to heal bodies. He's going to heal relationships. He's going to heal hearts. I know that that's going to happen because that's what he did in Fresno. And if he did it then, he can do it again, right? And so I'm telling you, that's right. I'm telling you, it's going to be beautiful because we got a great group of people that love Jesus and we just want to pour out into this city. People are really coming from all across the country, but it was really just, I want this city to receive something. We want to give something and it's Jesus. And we're going to, we're going to celebrate him. If nothing else, we're going to celebrate him. We're going to uplift the name of Jesus uh, for, for on that Friday night and all day Saturday. But, I mean, if, I mean, if y'all just show up, we'll fill the place out. I mean, it's a big church. <laughs> but I'm believing, I'm believing for what God is going to do. So, men, it's time. I believe this. It's time for us to take our place as men, as husbands, as fathers, the way God intended it in our workplace. And uh, I'm just believing that for our city. Yeah, that's powerful. April 8th and 9th. So um, yeah, you can find out more information at central.family. You'll see more information coming, I'm sure, from a lot of different angles over the coming weeks. So we're excited about that. That's going to be a great, great opportunity. Well, I know there's probably some people listening in and, um, you know, maybe they're kind of at a place just in their life journey where they're not really sure about the whole God thing. Uh, Maybe... um, Maybe they, they came to appease somebody today, or maybe yeah. they are Raiders fans, or maybe they kind of think it's all hocus pocus, but they're yeah. here anyway. Like, what do you say to that person uh, who's maybe kind of not sure about faith and Jesus and kind of all of this Christianity stuff? Yeah, I think, I think the, the main thing, is, again... We had one practice run, and that was last night live. Um, yeah, we did not talk That's about That's how we roll, y'all. <laughs> Let's just um, do it. But it's great questions. You got great questions. And I would say this, that a man with an argument is at the mercy of a man with an experience. And I have experienced God. 
No one can argue me out of that. Like even at you, there's smarter people than me. There's people that know more than me. There's people that, uh, you know, can quote all the crazy things and all the, and know theologically this, that, and that. And I'm like, man, that's cool. And you're like, but why, so why do you even believe? And I'm like, because I've experienced God. The power of God struck me when I was a little boy. The power of God struck me when I was a young man. The power of God healed my body. Uh, when I broke three bones in my back, they said, you're not going to play eight week, you know, for eight weeks. And the Lord put it on my heart, lay on your face. I was like, I can't even walk. You want me to lay on my face? So I go to lay on my face and boom, my back is healed. And I practiced the next day. My wife was there. She saw it happen. And I'm telling you, I'm, I have experienced God. And I think all he's asking for, for the people that have questions is just, just open up your heart one time. Soften your heart and just say, look, I don't even like this. I may not even like the Raiders, but there's something this man is saying that is kind of touching my heart. There's something Pastor Judd is saying that's kind of touching my heart. And I would encourage you just maybe for the next few moments, just open that up a little bit and just say, you know what, God, if you are real, would you, would you do it for me too? Would you love me too? And, and let me tell you, he will love you. He will, he will give you peace. He will forgive you. Even if the people in your life won't forgive you, he will forgive you. And so I just encourage you, just soften your heart to that. And that would be my advice is take it from me. Like no one's going to be able to argue me out of faith. It will never happen. And I'm not going to be able to argue someone back into faith. But what I can offer you is an experience to, to come face to face with Jesus. Nicodemus came face to face with Jesus and left with more information. You know, I want to be someone who comes face to face with Jesus as in completely wrecked. You know what I mean? I want to be changed. I want to be different. And in a moment, he did that for me. That's so good. One of the things that we value a lot as a church community is really loving people no matter where they're at in their belief journey. Like there'll be people in our church that may not believe yet. I, I always say yet because, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm believing it's a matter of time, right? Uh, there may be people that disagree with me, but it's okay. I, I still love them and, you know, I'm thrilled that they're here. And so being a person of faith isn't a prerequisite for us to being a part of our faith community. Uh, in fact, I think sometimes the best example you can get of faith is to just come and rub shoulders with people of faith and maybe realize then that it's not all like you see on TV or mischaracter mischaracterizations that you see out there on, on uh, the internet or whatever. Like you kind of get around people and you're like, well, these people are actually relatively normal and, uh, and you know, somewhat kind and, and seem to be actually genuine human beings trying to make a difference in the world. And it, it changes your your perspective. I know for me, I came to faith out of an addiction background when I was 17 years old. And, and I look back to that moment for me, similar to you. And I like, that's the moment where God changed my life. And now I'm over three decades of sobriety and walking with the Lord. I mean, I don't know how else to explain that yeah, right. except to say, that's you right. know, look, look, God, you know, did this in my life and it's genuine. And I don't know what it takes to say to somebody else that's genuine, except, you know, do I, do I need to live this till I'm 70 and die? Like, like, what does it take until you go, okay, that guy really had his life changed. Yes. Right. That's right. And, that's um, right. so, you know, I love, I love, I love your answer there. Well, I do believe that there are some people here today who, 
Maybe God has been moving in your heart and in your life. Maybe he's kind of tapping you on the shoulder through friends or even through some things that Derek said. And maybe you're just at a place where you've tried to do things on your own, the uncertainty in the world, the ups and downs that we continue to face. You know that you need an anchor and a rock in your life. And I want you to know faith and God and the love of Jesus Christ can truly be that for you and can bring real change in your life. And so if you're here today and you're at a place where you're ready to cross that line of faith, where you're ready to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Um, I I just want to ask Derek to lead you in a prayer to open your heart to God and to really experience his love and forgiveness. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That's right. And so I'm going to ask Derek to say a few words and then to lead us in a prayer in this moment. Yeah, absolutely. If, uh, If you don't mind, just bow your heads. Uh, close your eyes. Just pray. I, I say this to uh, to some of y'all. Some some of y'all came in today. You know, I'm gonna go see the Raiders quarterback. Some of y'all came in, don't even know who I am, and I love that. <laughs> some of y'all came in because Pastor Judd is awesome. But some of y'all came in for a lot of different reasons, and and my heart's cry is to see people come to new life in Christ. And so I don't. If there was something that we said or something that, that, that touched your heart and, there, and God is moving right now in this place, believing that the Holy Spirit is convicting and, and encouraging and grabbing hearts all over this house right now. But if there was something that was said and all eyes closed out of reverence to everyone around and you're like, man, I, I don't understand it. I don't have all the answers. Guess what? Neither do we. <laughs> uh, we can point you in a pretty good direction. But if you say, Derek or Pastor Judd, like something that was said today, I, I want that God in my life. I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life. You just raise your hand with no one looking, please. Just raise your hand right where you're at. No one looking. No one. Come on, show it proud. Today's the day for you. Today's the day for you. All up there, up top too. Yeah, amen. You can put those down. You can put them down. You can put them down. I'm going to ask you real quick. Y'all, y'all can open your eyes and look at me. Um, I, I'm an evangelist at heart, and uh, you know, I, I just love seeing people say yes to Jesus because of what I've experienced, because of the peace that surpasses all understanding, because of the love that I felt that day. Among all the people that I wronged, I felt loved that day when I said yes to Him. He wrapped me in His arms and said, we got some work to do, but I love you. If you raised your hand, and there's many. If you raised your hand, would you just stand right where you're at? It's awkward. You don't know who's around you. Just stand. Please be bold. Be, stand. There was like a whole bunch of y'all right here too. Stand. Come on. Stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on. Come on. Amen. Stay standing, please, please, don't sit down, please. No, I know, it's awkward, it's weird. When I run out on the field in tight pants, it's awkward and weird too, you know what I mean? <laughs> My wife likes it, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Look, there's something that God wants to do in your heart right now. So you believers, if you don't mind, and if you came with somebody, put your arm around them, uh, if you're next to them, but just raise, put your hands towards these people that are saying yes to Jesus. I, if it's okay, I wanna pray with you real quick. Uh, so, church, just bow your heads with me real quick. So, dear Heavenly Father, I, Jesus, we love you. 
Jesus, we thank you for what you're doing in this house today. We thank you for moving on the hearts of the men and women in this church today, dear God. We thank you, dear God, that whatever they came in with is not leaving with them today when they walk out those doors. Whatever addictions they had to alcohol, whatever addictions they had to drugs, whatever addictions they had to pornography, whatever addictions they had, dear God, that came in with them have fallen at your feet today. And as they leave this place, Jesus, I pray for healing. I pray, dear God, that you would come in and your mercy and your grace would cover them, dear God, that you'd make them new today, Father God. And I pray right now for these people saying yes to you, Jesus. I pray that they'd make this their prayer, that, that they believe in their heart and they'd confess with their mouth that you are Lord and that God, you did raise Jesus from the dead, Father. And I pray right now, I pray this, that Holy Spirit, for these that are standing, I pray that you'd fall on them right now, that they'd feel the power and the love of God like they never knew was a thing, dear God. I pray they'd feel a wind of peace rush through their body, dear God. I pray they'd feel the love that they, that, that they thought that their father should have gave them, but they didn't, that they'd feel that love right now. That they thought that that, that, that teacher or that coach or that relationship was going to give them that didn't fulfill their heart, I pray that they'd feel that love right now, dear God. A love that fulfills, dear God. A love that covers a multitude of sins. That even at your worst, I want to encourage you that y'all that are standing, no matter what you did last night, what you're thinking right now, no matter what went, no matter what, that at your worst, Jesus said you were worth it. That you are accepted, that he loves you, that he died on a cross for you so that you didn't have to do it. Praise God for that. So Jesus, we give glory to your name. We thank you for what you're doing in this house. We thank you that marriages right now in this place are being restored. We thank you that forgiveness is taking place between spouses. We thank you that children are com coming back home today, Father God. We thank you, dear God, for these things. We thank you, dear God, for strategy on what's next. We thank you for giving us a comfort. It's Holy Spirit's job is to comfort us. We thank you for giving us a comfort, for leading us and guiding us into all truth from this place forward. And we thank you for a a group of believers that surround us in this house today that want to walk with us, that don't judge us. It's God's job. If people want to judge you for standing right now, want to give you some freedom, they got to answer to God for that. So you be free where you're standing right now in the name of Jesus. You be free when you leave this place. I pray that the taste of alcohol is leaving your lips right now. I pray that the taste and the sight of things that you once wanted to look at, dear God, would begin to leave them right now. Those things that they thought they were trapped to, dear God, have fallen off in the name of Jesus. And in one moment, everything has changed. Dear God, we love you and we thank you for what you did today and this morning. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. They may not have it all the answers right now, but they're in the right place as they say yes to you. So Holy Spirit, guide them, lead them today. Take their steps, protect them, dear God. Guard their hearts, guard their minds. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 You guys go ahead and have a seat. Th thank you, Derek, Pastor Derek. <laughs> I've been teasing him about that all weekend, right? Come on. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. But uh, you, do, you do have the, the heart and the passion, and I appreciate you praying for those individuals. That was such a powerful moment. If you stood today or if you made that spiritual commitment, we would love to connect with you. And uh, we're going to have people right after our experience 
who are beneath each of our screens to the left and the right. Team of volunteers right over here. We've got a little journal called How to Follow Jesus that we would love to give you. We'd love to pray for you, encourage you, help you in any way that we can. Uh, there's also a group of uh, volunteers right behind our sound booth on the bottom floor on the, for the upper deck area, right outside the upper deck. There'll be a group of people there and another group of people out in the lobby. So uh, we want to connect with you. We want to know what God is doing in your life and how we can support you. And we'd love to give you that resource. If you're watching online and you made a spiritual commitment, go to central.family, click the link. I've decided to follow Jesus. We'd love to connect with you uh, electronically that way as well.